We're almost at the end of the year, and we've had an incredible year with some amazing guests. I thought, why not do a top ten? We reflect on the most downloadable episodes of 2020 to see what we've learned. As we close out 2020 and going into 2021, I would love to hear how I can serve you better on the Gems of Motherhood podcast. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. If this is your first time listening, welcome. This is my first time doing the best of roundup episodes. Hopefully, it'll encourage you and inspire you to be the best gem God has called you to be. Let's kick things off with Ginger Hubbard, where we address topics such as lying, telling, whining, and complaining. In her book, she offers a very simple three-step plan for dealing with each one. Well, step one, and what we've touched on it a little bit here in this interview, is the heart probing questions,、mm-hmm. and where that comes from. And if you think about it, Sharon, in Scripture, all of the stories in Scripture, when someone did something wrong,、um, Jesus didn't point his finger in their face and say, "This is what you did wrong, and this is what you should have done instead." A lot of times, Jesus would ask heart probing questions,、mm-hmm. and in order for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because Jesus was a skilled heart prober. He knew. How to ask those questions in such a way that the people would have to take their focus off of the circumstances and the situations going on around them and onto the sin in their own heart. So step one is heart probing questions. So in every chapter in the book, I offer two or three suggested heart probing questions for each one of those behaviors. Every、mm-hmm. chapter is a different tongue related offense. So chapter one is on whining. Chapter two is on lying. Chapter three is on tattling. And there's 15 different tongue related offenses. So I start. Start out by offering just two or three heart-probing questions.、Um, that's going to get the parent going in the right direction to get past that outward behavior and be able to pull out what is going on in the heart. So that's step one. And then in the book of Ephesians, we're instructed to put off our old self and to put on our new self. So step two is to is what to put off. What does God's word say about that particular behavior, like lying and tattling and whining,、mm-hmm. and and what are the what are the consequences if they don't stop those behaviors? What does God's word say about that? And then step three is what to put on, which is how to replace what is wrong with what is right. So that's、mm-hmm. pretty much the three steps in a nutshell. That was I can't believe you just said that with Ginger Hubbard. If you want to listen to the entire episode, look up episode eight. Next up, we have Glenna Salisbury, who was such a delight to talk to. She shared about spending time alone with each of her kids before they headed to bed, and she would always ask them a series of questions every single night to help with their confidence and relationship with God. Every single night, Sharon, until they were eighteen years old, yeah, I would spend time alone with each one before she went to bed. And even when they were basically college age and off on their own, and I was on the road traveling and speaking, I would be in touch with them in what would have been bedtime or some relationship during the day. But I had a series of questions、mm-hmm. asked those girls every single night, and I think the, the questions themselves are important. So anybody who has a pen and paper might want to just write them down. Yeah. See. I have mine ready. 
Okay, good. <laughs> well, it's amazing what children can come up with if you give them an opportunity. And the first question I would always ask them, and again, I just say this was one-on-one. I would ask them, tell me what's the best thing that happened to you today? Mm. Now, you know, a two-year-old may say, I got to have a sucker. At school. <laughs> <laughs> um, the purpose behind that question is to build some self-esteem. Mm. Good things happen. Look for the good things that happen in life because a positive mindset makes a big difference. Right. So to start with that. And then my second question was, always, how do you feel about you today? That was a really big question during teenage years. Mm. My middle daughter, and often this is true of middle girls, especially when they're all same sex, the middle one sometimes gets left out or she feels left out. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask, she would be the one that might be melancholy. And she would say, well, I don't feel very good about me because Mary Jane didn't like me today. Or <laughs> There would be a teenage kind of response. And in today's teenagers, I think the response might be dangerously different. Right. But it's a critical question because if they're not feeling good about themselves, there's some reason behind that. Mm. And so to be able to follow that up with, tell me about that. Right. Or why do you feel that way? What happened? And let them just tell you not to try to fix it, but to listen so that you became in their minds and you become for a lifetime their place to go when they're concerned about anything. Mm -hmm. I go to my mom and my girls are in their fifties today. Yeah. And they still come to their mom. (laughs) And, And that's the kind of relationship I have with them. Each and every one of them is really solid in her faith. Mm. Our third question, I think, made the difference for that because my third question was, what shall we pray about tonight? And they got to choose what we were going to pray about. It might be, for instance, this is a classic one. I remember that my five-year-old in May was heartbroken because her kitten had disappeared that she'd had for a year. And she prayed that the kitten would come back. And the kitten had been gone for at least a year, for a month, after having had it for a year. The kitten Mm -hmm. had been gone for a month. But she prayed for the kitten to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, every once in a while, during the rest of the year, she would pray that the kitty would come back. Right. On Christmas Eve, the kitty came back. Oh. And it was one of those moments in time of which we had several, where they began to realize that, the miraculous Mm -hmm. and that you can count on it. And that was one of many, but more probably the most dramatic answer to prayer. Yeah. That was visible for a five-year-old. 
You can look up episode 13, Building Lasting Faith in Your Children with Glenna Salisbury. I love this next episode just because it's so powerful and really just draws you to be closer with Jesus. This is not your typical episode because Maria just really was very impactful, at least to me. And she shared about radically praying for our children and why it's so important. First Samuel 19, one day Hannah stood up. One day Hannah said, enough is enough. One day Hannah pushed away from the table of despair and discouragement. And she went into the temple. And as soon as she gets there, Eli the priest accuses her and says she's drunk. But because somehow faith arose in her and she stood up, she started to think, I I would believe, she thought, you know what? God did it for Sarah. He did it for Rachel. Why can't he do it for me? Yeah. And everything changed. And she left that place with her face no longer downcast. And I feel like that's what happened to me. God baptized me with faith. So no matter what I saw, I wasn't discouraged because I knew that I knew that I was going to get what I needed from the only one that could give it to me. And I stopped crying over what I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And I started to cry out for what I could have. Mm. And you know what? Sometimes we go to church, but we don't go to war. And we have to go to war for our children. If you haven't checked out this episode yet, I encourage you to check it out. Listen to what she has to say about Hannah. Listen to um, methods of praying and why it's so important to radically pray for our children. Look for episode nine, Standout Radical Prayers for Your Children. Now we have Andy Andrews. We've had an amazing conversation about identifying strongholds and also what happens if we don't acknowledge them. I would love for you to just check out this episode because I think it's just so important for us to realize what kind of strongholds do we have? I mean, I know every woman is created differently and I Mm -hmm. love that. I I tend to be a feeler. So I have Mm -hmm. always, from the time I was little, my feelings have been big. My emotions have been big. And I know that's not every woman. Mm -hmm. But again, the moment like a child is brought into your life, everything changes. And I was thinking about, so maybe you are newer in the Lord, or maybe, maybe you're not even following Jesus and you're listening to this podcast and you're going, how can I, I'm desperate to be a better mother. Give me anything. I think we have to, first of all, identify the season we're in and that there's a lot of feelings that come with each season. There's a lot of issues that come with each season. So I was thinking about this, like when you have babies, you're just tired. Mm -hmm. And when you're tired, your emotions are on edge. That means that the doors to our heart and our mind are opened in a different way where the lies can come in and we just feel like Mm -hmm. we're either going to be stuck in this forever. So we have to be like, we have to turn our logic on. This is why I'm saying like, for me, being a feeler, I have to go, what is true? What is logical Mm -hmm. right now? What is, and sometimes I even go to my husband who's the exact opposite of me. I'm like, tell me something true. That is logical. This is what I need to know right now because I have so many feelings happening right now. And it's really great. But you know, that baby stage, you're tired. And then right. the toddler stage, I don't know about you, but I was tired and angry a yeah. lot. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 
Um, and then the tweens, there's like the grief and the change of season and this puberty season they're walking through. They're not babies anymore. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of fear for their future you have to like battle for. And right. then the teens part, it's like, gosh, will they follow Jesus? I need to be operating in a place of discipling my children. And what I realize is my when my feelings begin to come into play, I start to believe lies yeah. over my children. So what I guess you have to do, no matter whether you're new in the Lord or um, not following him or where whatever season you're in is you have to go, okay, what type of person am I? Am I a feeler? Are my feelings coming into play here? Are they clouding my judgment? If they are, what is true? Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest question we just have to ask mm-hmm. over and over and over again. What is truth? Mm-hmm. What is truth? What is truth? Not just what I feel, not just what I see, but what is true? Now, that was a great episode. If we're not careful, strongholds can be formed in our hearts. Listen to those amazing episodes on tearing down strongholds, freedom and motherhood with Andy Andrews. You can listen to the entire episode on episode 17. If you ever want to learn more about marriage and build a strong relationship with your spouse, you'll have to listen to Nolene Wakefield. Now, Nolene Wakefield and her husband, I met them at my church, you know, many, many years ago, and they're just such an awesome couple. She talked about going through seasons as a mom, yet being clear about your communication with your spouse. She talked about the role of a mother and father, and it just completely just made sense just based off of the seasons that we're in. You go through different seasons in a marriage, and especially like when you have a young child. I mean, it's a season that you go through, and so there's needs that are there, and I think to be sensitive to one another. And, um, you know, like it's a very tiring time for for a young mother, you know, getting up at night and lack of sleep, and then I think there needs to be just that sensitivity as to what is going on. But I think an important part is for communication to happen between a husband and wife, you know, where she can say, you know, this is what I'm going through. I'm Mm -hmm. feeling very tired at the moment. But I think some husbands can feel very neglected and um, that the wife loves the kid more than they love him. And there can even be jealousy Mm -hmm. because of that. So I think communication is very important in that very early stage. And then again, to see that as husband and wife, we have different roles in the relationship. And in this season of life, the mother role is very important when the kid is still little. Mm -hmm. It's that nurturing, it's that kind of... um, unconditional love that they have that the kid really feels and a husband in a sense has very little to do with a child when they're babies but then for for you to recognize that as that child gets bigger they really need the father's influence in their lives And, and that's why God has created a husband and a wife relationship you have the unconditional love but the father's role now is to bring that child into maturity. And when we recognize that that is what the father does and give them the reign to be able to maybe make some of the hard decisions and to bring that child to maturity. Listen in to episode seven, How Your Marriage Affects Your Children with Nolene Wakefield. She pretty much cracked me up in this episode just because I guess she just brought some light into something that was just heavy about relationships. 
This next episode with Robin McKelvey, she shared about how sexual intimacy in marriage affects children. She talked about manners as well as giving that a voice. Now you have to listen into this because I just think it's so important. And sometimes as moms, we go so blindly about our own thing and we take away the voice of the father. So listen in. Another thing I think that we get into trouble with is we allow our kids, because they're so cute, (laughs) you know, I mean, we allow them to interrupt us, to interrupt daddy, to interrupt. And so what we're saying is, sorry, baby, that baby over here, my child is more important and actually cuter than you. And what we're not doing is we're not teaching our kids how to live as adults. Right. They need to know some manners. They need Mm -hmm. to know that. I just can't interrupt. And we need to be the ones teaching them that. So how do you do that? When a child comes in and they think that what they're saying is more important than anybody talking in the room, we need to say, hold on, sweetie, you're you're interrupting, you know. Mm-hmm. Wait your turn. Just wait patiently and mommy will make sure you get a turn. And then you as a mommy, make sure they get a turn. Right. Don't just forget that they had something to say. And then this is another thing that can that can really set your kids up. Even when they're talking, when it's their turn to talk, ask your husband, sweetie, what did you think about what, you know, and give your husband voice to your kids' questions or your kids' conversation. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to give your husband a voice to that. So many of us are stealing our husband's voice by answering for them. If a child asks a question, they say, Daddy, you know, and this happened to me. My daughter was like, Daddy, can we have potato chips? And I'm thinking, no, you can't have potato chips. Mommy's over here cooking a healthy dinner. You know, you can't have potato chips. And this child of mine looked at me and said, Mommy, I was talking to Daddy. And because I know she's a black woman, I know she had as much attitude as I would have had, you know, (laughs) when she said that. And the Lord used that in my life to make me realize that I am stealing Ray's voice. Mm. And and what would it have mattered if Mm. they would have had potato chips that day? Right. You know, she would have had potato chips with her daddy, something they could do that's fun. But no, I'm still in his voice and I done cut him off too. Because if he would have come back and said, it's okay if we can have some chips, Robin, I'd be like, I already said no, you know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, girl? We would have been, it would have been on in that house because he had the audacity to contradict me in front of my children. For those who want to hear more about how sexual intimacy in marriage affects children, listen to Robin McKelvey on episode 20. You really don't want to miss it. She's just an amazing woman, a woman who's had 17 children. Now, in episode 10, Missy Robertson talked about strength and identity. She shared about instilling the things that matter most to our children, eternity with Christ, and that we're royalty that were prince and princesses of the Most High. She talked about the importance of being authentic when being around our children. Now listen, being authentic is just so important because our children see who we are and they basically emulate us. I would say the number one thing to be able to give your children confidence and strength in their own identity would be to be authentic around Mm. them. We see, I've learned so much um, that so many people are not that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that also that saying that you never know what's going on behind closed doors. And that is very, very 
true. But your kids, no. No matter what you say in public, they see you how how you interact with people in social gatherings, at church, in restaurants, at your work. Mm-hmm. And you can, if you ask them, which would be a very scary question for a lot of people, how do I fit in? Do I do I mirror what is happening outside our house in those social gatherings? Do I mirror that with you guys in our home? And most of the time, your kids are going to say, depends on what age they are. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to say that because we're a lot more comfortable in our house. We kind of snap at those around us the most, or we get annoyed at the ones around us the most, and that's our family. Right. To be authentic and to say, I'm sorry for that. I shouldn't have done that. Those are hard things, and those are statements that I think parents take for granted that our kids need to hear. Mm-hmm. They need to say, my bad. Children learn from us in a heartbeat, and it's so easy for them to spot if we're being fake. For more on this episode, look for episode 10. Now, losing a baby to miscarriage or late in pregnancy is definitely heartbreaking. Imagine experiencing that this type of loss multiple times. Karis Ferris shares about her trust in God's perfect plan for her life, despite experiencing three miscarriages. God's grace is evident in her story. Um, The miscarriages that I've had have kind of been unexplained. Um, I think one was a blighted ovum. And so there was like no baby in the sack, although it had been growing. And so with one of the miscarriages, I think I... I had to wait, I think maybe five weeks to actually miscarry. Um, And so I found out I was pregnant. And I think about three weeks later, we found out it was a blighted ovum. And they were telling me, you know, well, you just have to kind of wait to miscarry because we know there's no Mm -hmm. baby. Uh, but, you know, we're just going to allow you to naturally miscarriage or miscarry. And I remember, um, you know, God's grace is just so evident in every single situation that I've had personally. Because I remember we were actually um, going on vacation and I prayed. I was like, Lord, you know, if you're going to cause me to miscarry, just wait. Wait yeah. until after my vacation. <laughs> wait until, you know, Josh and I have a chance to just like reconnect and just yeah. talk and I have time to just rest rest. And that's exactly what he did. And I think it was maybe two days after we came back from vacation, um, I miscarried and it was very painful physically. It was very painful. Um, it was very, very painful. I do remember that. And then I ended up going to the ER, but that being said, like God was just so good in answering my request to just wait since it was Mm -hmm. something that we knew was going to happen. Um, and then in another one of my miscarriages about two weeks before I miscarried, I just had extreme anxiety and I am not a person who struggles with anxiety whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I usually am just like, you know, God has a plan, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And it's for my good. And that's just how I usually am about those things but for some reason I just had this awful feeling and the feeling was that I was going to die in childbirth um and I don't know I don't know where that came from it was just terrible and I I went to my grandparents house and I will remember laying in their bed and crying on my grandmother's lap and they my grandmother and grandfather prayed over me Mm -hmm. um and I just told them I am just terrified that something is going to happen I was like I don't know what but I feel like I'm going to die in childbirth um but it was terrible and I think I it was three days of that. Um, and I found a book called Supernatural Childbirth. Um, okay. But it basically just declares the promises of God. Um, 
about women bearing children. And so through that, you know, just terrible anxiety experience of feeling like I was going to die in childbirth, I found this book and really just prayed through it. Um, just declare God's promises about, um, you know, that women will not cast, you know, their fruit before it's time. And just all of these things I prayed, um, and just was able to get a piece about it. And I did still have a miscarriage, but because I had this wonderful foundation of God's promises, um, about children and about the labor experience and all of that, mm-hmm. it wasn't emotional because I knew that, okay, number he prepared one, you for it. God spared me from this anxiety of like, I'm going to die in childbirth. But right. also, you know, secondarily, it was just so important for me to have a good foundation of what does God say about having children? Although Karis didn't go through an emotional loss due to her miscarriage, she did go through a period where she did not want to get pregnant. Just wanted to bank on her own plans and thought the doors were closed in future pregnancy. But of course, God had different plans. And now she has three children by the grace of God. Now listen in to episode six, Finding Hope in Despair with Karis Ferris. Now, this next episode was just so refreshing. I had a series of episodes where we talked about sex or sex and marriage and sexuality. Now, Mo Isom talked about the importance of sex and sexuality and how to navigate the conversation of sex with children. Many times people are confused or scared to have the conversation of sex and sexuality with their children. However, this is a conversation that God wants to speak to us about too. You know, the first piece is that we as women, we as mothers, Mm -hmm. uh, we as daughters of the Most High King um, must allow him to minister to, to heal and to uh, cultivate this conversation with us within Mm -hmm. our own hearts first. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of times people are very intimidated or confused or scared, honestly, Mm -hmm. to navigate the conversation of of sex with their children because uh, really they don't even realize that that conversation is one that the Lord wants to have with them too first. It's um, important. You know, it's really important. Many of us have baggage. Many of us have backstories. Many of us uh, have learned things the hard way or were abused or um, carry shame, Mm -hmm. really. And I think, you know, the first and most important piece in learning how to sort of comprehensively walk with our children through this is allowing the Lord to comprehensively walk with us Mm. uh, through our own understanding. I mean, the fact alone that sex is is an invention of God's, that Mm -hmm. it is a gift from God actually in the right context, that it is uh, an act of worship really in the right context, that it's a weapon against the enemy in the right context. All of these things seem very disorienting, even with that type of language around it, even to someone who is in, um, you know, a a healthy marriage with a a healthy sex life. We just, these worlds haven't collided much in conversation, but man, his text is full of this truth. Mo reminds us that we should share with our children the truth of sex and sexuality so that they understand that it is more than just a physical act and it's rather more about intimacy. This is a powerful episode that you don't want to miss about sex and sexuality. Now, if you want to listen to the full episode, tune in to episode 19 with Mo Isom Aiken. 
And finally, for our most downloadable episode is with Rachel Ruth Wright, daughter of Anne Graham Lotz and granddaughter of Billy Graham, shared about the meaning of being a purposeful mom. Walking with the Lord daily and just being intentional. Now, personally for myself, I have to find myself to just be very intentional about my parenting, about my mothering. And, you know, there are times even when I'm tired, I have to put myself in this place and just transform and renew my mind and just be purposeful in my motherhood. Now, what makes it hard for mothers is the burden of perfection, navigating being purposeful and being perceived as perfect. To combat the pitfalls, we need to spend time with the Lord to keep us on the right path. Um, in fact, I was thinking about it yesterday because I was getting, I was like, oh, I should have been like this because now I've got a girl, my oldest daughter is going to college. Yeah. And then my second, my middle one is going to be a senior in high school. And then I've got one in eighth grade. And and I was just thinking, I should have been like this. I could have been more patient or I could have, you know, all these things that I could have changed. And, yeah. um, but I think... I've been very upfront, honest with my girls when I make a mistake, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I shouldn't, I raised my voice when I shouldn't have. And I, I spoke and I said these words and I didn't mean them, you know, I shouldn't have said that. So I've just always kind of been upfront with my girls mm-hmm. um, in that way, because we are failures in so many ways, you know, right. and I, I think when, when we are, our genuine heart's desire is just to glorify the Lord and, and know that it's, he's the only good thing in me, you know, I mean, he's, he's everything. Yeah. Then I feel like, um, it takes some of that pressure off and, um, but we are going to make mistakes and, and, uh, and I think that's okay. As long as we know who we are in Christ, you know, that um, God's grace covers those things and, and he helps us. I feel like I try and learn from my mistakes. So if mm-hmm. I was, if I was impatient yesterday, today, I'm going to try and not be as impatient, you know, just mm-hmm. work on those things, but not beating ourselves up, which is easy right. to do. In this episode, we talked about spending time with the Lord and being a real intentional mom. For the full episode, look for episode 14, Being a Purposeful Mom with Rachel Ruth. Now, this pretty much wraps up our top 10 most downloadable episodes. I've learned tremendously from these amazing mothers. I hope you'll find encouragement and inspiration in it. Now, I'll be taking off for a few weeks, but I will return on January 11 with some amazing, amazing episodes in the new year. And you really don't want to miss it. I just want to thank you for faithfully tuning in to the Gems of Motherhood podcast. Now, if you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. See you in 2021.